I get it. Your day is packed and you don't need to add one more thing, especially something that's going to be frustrating. You're teaching algebra and how to count from one to 10 almost in the same breath. So you can drop those pesky experiments, right? Hi, I'm Paige Hudson and welcome to episode 19 of the Tips for Homeschool Science show, where we're breaking down the lofty concepts of science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. I often hear that experiments are messy, they're frustrating, and half the time they don't work. One of the questions I frequently get asked is, do I really have to do experiments at home? Spoiler alert, the short answer is yes. But keep listening as we chat about what experiments are and the benefits of doing them in your home. I know by the end, you'll be excited to do experiments in your home. So what exactly is an experiment? Most people say experiments when they're referring to a broader range of hands-on scientific tests, things like demonstrations or nature studies, or really any hands-on scientific activity. As homeschoolers, we have lots of options for how we can add the hands-on aspect of science into our day. My definition of an experiment is a hands-on scientific test that gives your student a chance to see, practice, test, or learn about a principle or principles in science. Whew, that was a wordy one. In a nutshell, it's a time in which your students get to see science face-to-face. They get to see science in action. After all, science is both a content and a context subject. That means that we need to teach our students the facts, but we also need to show them those facts in action. So now that we understand what hands-on science is, let's dig into a little bit of the benefits of incorporating hands-on science into our week. First of all, hands-on science reinforces scientific concepts. In other words, if I'm trying to teach my students about how flowers develop seeds, I can give them a little mini lecture in which I can say, all flowers have stamens, and on that stamen is the anther, where the pollen is found. An insect comes along and rubs up against the anther and takes a little bit of the pollen over to the female part of the plant, or the wind can blow it, or some other way. Anyways, the pollen gets from the male part of the flower to the female part, which is known as the pistil. And then it travels down a tube into the ovule, where the eggs are, and it gets fertilized, and then that develops into a seed. And let's be honest, most of our elementary students and some of our middle school students their eyes would just glaze over. And when you ask them if they understood, they'd go, huh, what did you just say? So if we wanna teach the parts of a flower and how a seed develops from these parts, it's best for us to have a flower in front of us, for us to talk about the stamen and anther as we're showing them, for us to look at pollen under a microscope, for us to look at the female parts of the flower closer and see how these can develop into a seed or for us to go out in nature and to see the different stages of this happening. So yes, you do need to do experiments because doing so will help to reinforce those scientific concepts that you want them to know. Second, hands-on science helps students to see science face-to-face. I can teach my students about currents or just like we did with a flower, I can show them how currents work. I can take a piece of colored ice and put it in a glass of warm water and they can watch how the colored water moves throughout the clear water and they can see in action how warm and cool currents mix together. So yes, you do need to do experiments, 
because doing so will take the facts you are learning right off the page into reality. Thirdly, hands-on science shows that science is more than just facts. We can have our students memorize Newton's three laws of motion, but it's way more exciting to put a car at the top of a ramp and let it go and watch and see that it doesn't stop unless something acts on it, something like friction, or if we use our hands to stop it. It may be easy for our students to memorize Newton's first law, but it won't mean anything to them unless they see it in action. So yes, you do need to do experiments, because doing so will show that science is a partnership between facts and applications. And a final reason to do hands-on science? It fosters creativity. One of my favorite experiments to do is marker chromatography. Kids can draw designs all over a piece of t-shirt fabric or over a coffee filter, and then they can use a few drops of rubbing alcohol to make their designs spread out and come to life. So yes, you do need to do experiments because doing so will allow your students to play and be creative with science. So I trust that you can now see the benefit of doing experiments in your home. I know they can be a little messy, and I know sometimes it doesn't always come out the way you hoped or the way you had planned. I know experiments can take a little bit of time to plan, but showing our kids the face of science is so worth the effort. If you want to grab some extra tips for doing experiments in your home, scroll on down to the additional resources in the show notes, and you'll see a couple of posts linked there that'll help you out with doing experiments in your home. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tips for Homeschool Science Show. If you have questions about experiments, go ahead and send them to podcast at elementalscience.com. I'll be having a Q&A session at the end of the month where I'm going to answer your questions. I hope you have a great week playing with science. If you're looking for an easy-to-use science program with experiments all planned out for you, including explanations, check out ElementalScience.com. In addition to providing these tips for you each and every week, they offer a full line of easy-to-use science plans, complete with weekly experiments, customized notebooking pages, and so much more. Head on over to ElementalScience.com to learn more.